0: Today's podcast is brought to you by Management and Accounting Professionals, your Loveland-based accounting and tax firm. Do you still need to file your 2019 tax return? Are you a business owner and have questions regarding the SBA loans available to help your business during these uncertain times? We can help. Please call our office at 513-774-9600 or email us at pgross at map.com m-a-p accounting a-c-c-o-u-n-t-i-n-g dot m-e
1: hey pam i have a question for you what do you got ryan so since i we have a city council here in loveland that obviously has no new ideas so i guess what person should i be looking to for leadership
0: (laughs) well ryan that's a false choice i always choose
1: principles over personality Hello, all, and welcome to an all-new Voice of Loveland podcast, a podcast for iamloveland.com. I'm your host, D. Loveland Paddler, R.D. Kulik, and with me is somebody who is definitely, I think she said it a few times, a, a woman, a girl of principles, and that's the greatest other host, Pam Gross. How are you today, Pam? <laughs>
0: I'm good, Ryan. Welcome, everyone.
1: Yeah, okay, trigger warning up front here. I'm going to tell everyone we are going to talk politics. We are going to talk partisan politics, and we're going to use words like Republican and Democrat, and we are going to do that because... We want to talk about principles. It obviously we are in an election time. It is an election year, regardless of what we know or do not know. And if you're anybody like my ten year old son who watches the YouTube channel associated with my email address, he has seen his fair share of Trump Biden. He even know how to say Pete Buttigieg a few months ago because of all the ads he's been seeing. <laughs> but we're not going to talk about all the big national stuff, Pam. I uh, we want to talk about. Leadership. Obviously, we believe there's a lack of leadership here in Loveland. But we want to explain it from kind of a general sense of some good stuff we think happening in our region and maybe some stuff that here in Loveland we can learn and move forward and away from. I don't even want to say the leadership we have here in the city is stuck in the mud. They're just actively digging a mud pit and burying themselves in it.
0: Well, they have a big pile of dirt right now downtown, so it's kind of fitting.
1: (laughs) See, I led you right into that one there. (laughs) We're going to do something a little bit different here, and we're going to talk about stuff outside of Loveland. I'm going to discuss two races, the recently finished primary that went on forever because of the coronavirus and the governor stopped the in-person voting, and we all know the stories behind it, but we finally have the results. And yes, it does look like the school levy did actually fail, so I don't... They didn't all of a sudden have a huge influx of votes come in at the end for the yes. Two races in particular I wanted to talk about, because I think it highlights the idea of sometimes there's leaders, sometimes there's people that stick to their principles, that really believe in the ideals of whatever their political philosophy are, that go against the trend, that go against the powers that be, and they're successful. And we bring that up, Pam, because I think you and I would both agree, we need people like that in Loveland. We need, I agree. Yeah, people yes. that are listening to this that are going to say, you know what? Pam and Ryan are right. I'm going to buck the trend because Loveland deserves leadership that represents Loveland. Am I getting too American flag-waving with that?
0: No, I agree with you. I mean, it was kind of our teaser up front was we should be focused on principles, not on personality.
1: Well, the two races, I'm going to talk about one Republican and one Democrat because we are— equal opportunity here. Let's start the start with the Republican. There's a common pleas, and again, these are primaries, so they're partisan ballots. So everybody that voted for these people belong to that party, identify with the party. So the first one is a common pleas, judgeship. Judge Kurt Hartman, and yes, I do call him Judge Hartman, even though he's not on the bench now, because he used to be on the bench. And if you have held a political office, you are afforded that title, I believe, for the rest of your life. So maybe I should start calling you Councilwoman Pam Gross. <laughs> All right. <laughs> or, or I could call you vice mayor, actually. But anyways. <laughs> so Judge Hartman, he was on the bench. he lost an election. And now he's coming back. Common happens all the time. And he's a Republican. You and I have both met Judge Hartman. And that guy's as Republican as they come. He's also a really interesting guy. He's you know went to the Naval Academy. He was a naval officer, spent time on a submarine. I mean, that's a pretty interesting life, I do have to say. So
0: he's also very active in the Republican Party. Yes. He goes to all kinds of rallies, he goes to all kinds of meetings, he's always willing to talk about what his philosophy is and the things that he's done in his life. And yes, he has the most adorable dog. Uh, <laughs> its name is Wilhelm.
1: So that's, that's very important. <laughs> no, but, well, Judge Hartman, the, the reason I bring him <laughs> up is... The Hamilton County GOP did not endorse him. And I know there's some bad blood and some issues or whatever between them. But not only did they not endorse him, they endorsed his opponent, who I believe was named Karen Falter. Not only that, is they ran a pretty aggressive campaign against him. Judge Hartman has some supporters that are part of a very fiscally aware type Republican group who do support him. And it kind of turned ugly on social media and they went back and forth. And look, I know ugly. When I kept asking the Hamilton County GOP why they were endorsing two Republicans that were also endorsing a Democrat, they just blocked me. But Judge Hartman was not into, he wasn't on their pink ticket the day of the primary. There weren't a bunch of people from the Hamilton County GOP saying vote for Kurt Hartman. They were actively campaigning for the other person. But Judge Hartman, like you said, went to these clubs and put his Republican credentials basically up on the election, said, look, this is what I believe as a Republican. This is why I should be the Republican nominee. He put it out there. He stuck to his guns. He did not care about the noise. And in the end, Pam, he won by almost two to one, beat his opponent pretty handedly. Yeah, I believe he got over 60 percent of the vote. That is an overwhelming amount of support. And that means the Republican voters, not the Hamilton County GOP who makes their backroom deals and everything, who they did not support him, but the actual Republican voters supported him. Kurt Hartman went against what the the trend was, went against what was supposed to be the right thing. And he won because he stuck to his principles. Now let me talk about the Democrats. There was a couple of weird issues. And look, we're going to do our backyard politics soon and talk about how I believe Hamilton County is moving very, very far left. You probably feel good about that, Pam, because you live in Claremont County, but um, <laughs> <laughs> but it, they are making kind of a left move, and there were some more central Democrats that did not win. Alicia Reese did beat Connie Pilage to run for Todd Portoon's old seat on the on the Hamilton County Commission. But you had the the uh, sheriff's race. And this I wanted to highlight in that you had Sheriff Jim Neal, who'd won a few elections, was very popular. Republicans and Democrats both like him, so he has a pretty easy shot into that office, but he is a Democrat. That is the the race he is in. Well, you had somebody, an upstart, a newer person to the political scene, Charmaine McGuffey, who felt like Sheriff Neal was not Democrat enough. And so she wanted, she said, hey, a Democrat should be in this office. It's not about who we are as a person. It's about who we are as a party and what we believe in. And she just banged that drum and banged that drum. And she beat the living heck out of him in the election. Again, a Democrat who had won the sheriff's race easily every time he's out there was defeated in his primary by a newcomer. Was that a little bit of a shock, you think?
0: I think it was, too. And that was another race, too. That was, I believe she got over 60% of the vote on that side, too. It wasn't even close. Charmaine McGuffey made it very clear that she did not feel like Jim Neal was the right candidate because he did not embrace and and does not represent the Democrats' principles. And she made that very clear. And it's why she won. And I think it's interesting because it's the same reason that Judge Hartman won as well he embraced his Republican principles. Both of these people embraced who they are. They embraced who they are. They embraced and they ran on it. And quite frankly, they won. They told you what they believe in. They told you what they've done. They told you what they will do if they are when win mm-hmm. they are elected. And that is what we should all expect When we go to the voting booth and we vote for someone.
1: This is going to bring me back to Loveland because everything you said is absolutely right. And I do believe, and this is a big theme of this podcast, that a lot of times we vote for the people and not their policies. But if you're. Yeah,
0: or we uh, vote for the personality. Yeah, exactly.
1: And I, I think this infects us all across the country. I always call it this kind of cult of personality we have for our politicians. This is very, very important, though. And the reason why I bring up uh, McGuffey and Hartman is that these are two people that, in one way or another, were going against some kind of personality. In the case of uh, Judge Hartman, it was the Hamilton County GOP. In the case of Charmaine McGuffey, it was a popular, easily elected sheriff within her own party. But they decided to really focus on what their parties believed. Again, these are partisan elections. And so Kurt Hartman needed Republicans to support him. And by saying this is my belief as a Republican, he got that support overwhelmingly. And same thing with, uh, with uh, Charmaine McGuffey. Well, yes, Loveland City Council is a nonpartisan body. If you ask uh, Councilman Neil Ory, he is happy to accept all Democrats on the city council. I mean, I don't know. I don't know if he's a Republican or not. He may be a Democrat himself, but he's happy to accept them all on the city council because it's nonpartisan. That's what he says. But every single one, almost every single one of these people on the council, they are partisan people and they believe in these parties, even to the fact of... Uh, who is it? It's Mayor Kathy Bailey, I know, Vice Mayor Rob Weisgerber, and Councilman Ted Phelps. All three of them are Republican Party precinct executives. And I do want to congratulate newly minted Democratic Party precinct executive, Kent Blair. Yes, you guys heard me right. I mean, Pam, one of the most widely read things we wrote is talking about how Kathy Bailey appointed a Democrat, campaigned with a Democrat. And actively worked against Republicans to get a Democrat elected. So, congratulations, Democratic Party precinct Captain Kent Blair.
0: I'm glad you brought up our blog post because that was one of our most popular blog posts. And it had to do with the fact that we had a Republican endorsing a Democrat. It was interesting because the reason and the point of the post was the insincerity and the hypocrisy of the candidates like Mayor Bailey and Rob Weiss Gerber and even though he wasn't running and Tim Butler and all the people who if Ted Phelps and Andy Bateman all these people who identify themselves as Republicans and then they go out and they endorse their precinct executives and they go and they endorse Republicans they take Republican endorsements the point of the whole entire post was that first off Love and council races are nonpartisan, which means that we are supposed to support the person who espouses our ideas and not the personality. That clearly doesn't happen because all these people run around and say, see, I'm an endorsed Republican. Mm-hmm. But the point of the post and, and why we wrote it had to do with the fact that of how they govern. And that's the thing. I mean, let's really let's be honest about all of this. The council itself may be nonpartisan. The council race may be nonpartisan but the individuals are not nonpartisan. And when it is convenient for them to go out and espouse the fact that they're Republicans and precinct executives and all of that, they gladly go out and talk about how they love their Republican principles. But let's look at actually how they govern and also look at how they came to power. Okay, let's look at Kathy Bailey. Let's look at Tim Butler and Rob Weisgerber and Neil Ory when they all took over the majority. What did they run off? They didn't run on anything. You know what they did? They complained about and came into power because they complained about the fact that there was no community involvement, that there were secret meetings and big dollar projects. OK. And what have they done? Secrecy, big dollar projects, no community involvement.
1: Yeah. and but I, Hey, I will take offense to one thing you said, though. They don't have big community projects, as in brick and mortar, Pam, they've spent a lot of money on studies and consultants and master plans and haven't done a thing. They spent a million dollars on land and dirt. And yes, rightfully so, we should not be building that moronic garage and the COVID crisis, the coronavirus crisis has put that on hold. But let's never forget, Pam, they still bought all that stupid land via emergency, never discussed it with the public, and we're going to move forward until... Now they have to actually be fiscally conservative and responsible, something they have a hard time doing.
0: Yeah. And the point is, is that they haven't governed that way at all. I mean, the bottom line is, is they've been reckless with money and they also have expanded the role of government. So here are these good Republicans. They talk about that those are their principles, but that is not how they govern. And that's what we're talking about when we talk about these kinds of things. Because let's be honest, Ryan, Kathy Bailey doesn't govern any more as a Republican than the Democrat she appointed, Ken no. Blair. They vote the same. They think the same. I mean, everything's seven zero. I mean, that's the thing. So- well that, and and I think as we talk about that I think that is why when we talk about other kinds of pro- uh, when we talk about all of this in a big picture we're concentrated on governance we're concentrated on the fact that okay you guys all can get up there and you can have your talking points and you can say that i believe in Smaller government. While you're sitting there expanding the number of committees that you have, you can sit there and say, "I'm a fiscal conservative. I'm a fiscally responsible person." While you're in secret buying land and paying legal fees on land that we don't even need and didn't budget for, that is what leads into the the hypocrisy. That's kind of what we concentrate on. Is because here's the bottom line: Mr. Weisgerber likes to talk about the roads all the time. Talks about all how important the infrastructure is. If you believe that infrastructure and the roads are the most important thing, then you support it all the time, Mm -hmm. good times, bad times. If you believe in being smart with money, then you don't spend in excess of a million dollars on a parking garage, money, by the way, that came from a rainy day fund. Again, you don't spend recklessly in good times or in bad times. And you certainly don't spend $130,000 on a comprehensive plan that was quite frankly wasteful. That promoted development that is not even consistent with the look and feel of our small town, family-friendly place that offered any amenities for the very people who finance it and who live here. That's hypocrisy. That is how these people govern.
1: That, now, that's important because this is something I tell people all the time. And I know when I was working for you in the campaign, I used to say this all the time, is that they're only concerned about the win. They're not concerned about governing. You can see that because of how they do things. Mayor Bailey is a great example of this. Pam, I've been around the block a million times. And if you are a precinct executive and you knowingly, and she did this knowingly, appoint someone from the opposite party and enhance their political career, your job as a precinct executive is to get your party members elected. She did not do that. She would lose her position. She would be removed from her position from any competent party that is out there. There's that. But when we talk about how they govern and how they do things, I'm glad you brought up Vice Mayor Weisgerber because they all like to go to their Republican Club meetings and they all like to sit back and talk about how great they are. But you're right. They govern in the exact opposite way. I know a lot of people feel comfortable voting for Republicans. They want to know what party their city council is or their school board is because they want to know they're going to govern in that fashion. They're going to want to know that, look, if you say you're a Republican and you're going to you're going to cut government and you're going to open, you're going to loosen regulations and you're going to do all that other stuff, then that's why they vote for you. They don't vote for you because they think you're some kind of good person. But what these people did is and I mean, this we're going to go way deeper into this sometime. And all of this is fact, people, all of it. They created a political action committee in 2017, which was run by a Bernie Sanders supporter, somebody that learned under Bernie Sanders. So a Democratic Socialist. Okay, that's who all these good Republicans threw in with. And they created a lie, essentially. And they went around and they ran on that. They divided the city. And then when they got into power and they said, oh, we united everyone, what they do? They just appointed all their friends, which most of them tend to be Democrats. Again, these are Republicans, people that claim to be Republican. They appoint all their friends in all their committees. I mean, heck, they almost gave the Citizen of the Year award to one of their supporters who is a former council member who is like on their rules committee and on their law and ordinance committee. And I believe he's even a Democrat. I so mean, I I think he sure acts like one. So my point is fine. You're a Democrat Republican. Okay. But don't tell us one thing and then act a different way. That's what hypocrisy is. That means you're lying to your supporters. I agree with everything you just said. And here's the other part to that as
0: voters, People went to the voting booth. Number one, they listened to a group of people who did not tell the truth. Mm -hmm. They went to the voting booth and said, we want someone who's more respectful to the citizens. We want people who don't spend lots of money. We want smaller government. We don't want wasteful projects. You got every bit of that right now. Oh, yeah. Because right now, anybody, and and Ryan, you you said it, absolutely said it correctly when you said you can go look this up. Go pull some of the videos from city council. And what you will see is when someone comes in there, a citizen, a voter, a resident, comes in and has a question, has concerns, or just plain and simply just doesn't agree with the majority of council. What you will see is Mayor Bailey, she will be disrespectful, she is condescending, and she is demeaning to those citizens who are merely expressing their opinion at meetings. And she's also dismissive and combative to council members who have a differing view. Now, it doesn't actually really seem to bother the council members any of this kind of attitude since they all vote in the same in the end anyway. And here's the other thing. We're talking about the hypocrisy. You hear council members Bateman and Butler and and all of them have said it. They have these talking points or they have these cute little things that they like to say. But here's the bottom line. Let's talk about Mr. Butler. Mr. Butler has all kinds of talking points, and he always wants to talk about collaboration, and he always wants to talk about how we need to have accountability to those who use city resources and money. Really, Mr. Butler, I've never seen you not once follow through on any of that. Because if you did, you would actually look into the farmer's market. Mm -hmm. You would actually look into the business revenue and the giveaways to that business revenue. The bottom line is those are just words to these people. They don't govern that way. They don't care to govern that way. All they want is to be part of a
1: little clique. No, that's exactly it. Everything they've done is to gain power, is to win election.
0: I do want to say one other thing, Ryan. I am actually going to give a little credit to Mr. Weisgerber.
1: All right, I'm ready.
0: Okay, <laughs> because Mr. Weisgerber at this last meeting on Tuesday talked about the economic issues that the city is facing. And he said that his focus, he believed that the focus should be, first and foremost, there should be no staffing cuts. That staff was the most important, city personnel was the most important thing. Then it should be infrastructure. Then it should be projects. I applaud Mr. Weisgerber for at least taking a stance. Mm -hmm. I don't agree with him. I think he's wrong. But I appreciate the fact that he at least took a stance. And so I'm going to give him credit for that. But if you actually look at how, again, look at how they govern, he doesn't govern with infrastructure being the, the highest of priorities or staffing being high priorities or good projects being priorities. They have no new ideas. They have no new solutions. They just wasted a million, in excess of a million dollars on a pile of dirt. The only thing that they've ever been concerned about is the downtown restaurants, bars and restaurants and outdoor drinking. He can sit here and talk about all these things, but how do you govern? you don't govern the way that you say that you believe.
1: Here's kind of the bow. We brought up the Democratic and Republican primaries and highlighted Judge Hartman and uh, Charmaine McGuffey because here were people that used the idea of principles in order to, to move themselves forward. And granted, a lot, you know, the election, we don't know exactly, or I haven't done the research yet to see how many people voted after it got extended compared to before, We do know there was not or there's very little in-person voting. But in the end, these were people that were elected because they believed in these ideals that their parties had. So when Mayor Bailey goes around all the Republican meetings and Rob Weisgerber makes sure that he and all his buddies can get their pink ticket and Councilman Butler and Councilman Phelps talk about how good Republicans they are and things like that. The fact is, we know what they said during the election. We know that they allowed Bernie Sanders supporters to basically run their election. We know that they divided the community to win the election. And we know in that time period they've done nothing to heal the community. They've just tried to divide it more. And they have acted nowhere near the principles of what their party dictates. And then on the other side, the Democrats, all the Democrats that supported them, including Kent Blair. They're not out there. They don't care about transparency. They only cared about getting rid of the people they don't like. They're not out there upset about comments like having conversations in the hallways and over pizza or a majority of council with the city solicitor meeting at a restaurant after council meetings. They don't care about any of that stuff. They just care about the personalities. Well, the fact is we need better. We deserve better. In the last primary, the majority of Republicans and Democrats spoke to that we need new leadership. We need people that are not being handed down up high saying, well, just trust us. This person's okay. We don't trust the establishment anymore. Here's our call to action, we'll say. I think there's two things. One, you guys are listening to this and you're thinking, you know what? Maybe maybe Loveland does deserve better, better. Maybe Loveland does deserve leadership. It's time to start talking about running for the city council. There are going to be four seats up, which dictates a control of that council. And at the very least... We need to have one or two people on that council that are going to ask questions, that are going to say, is it really a good idea to waste money on this, to waste money on an early warning system for a train trestle that it can count on one hand how many times it really does anything to the community? I mean, do we really need to do this? Do we really need to subsidize a farmer's market? Do we really need to give the Chamber Alliance, which is supposed to be some kind of business group? Doesn't seem like they're very good if they can't make money. Do we need to continue to subsidize all these groups at the expense of the rest of Loveland? Do we need to prioritize our infrastructure over staff? We need people that are going to have those conversations. So you guys, look, you don't have to be Pam and Ryan. You don't have to believe in us. You got to believe in the idea that Loveland, our council should represent all of Loveland, not just a few square miles of it, and not just constantly waste, waste money. Don't have a master plan that's not even possible. Put together a plan that is actionable. Put together a plan that works, and it isn't just dictated by a couple of organizations that you like. That's the first option, Pam. I think that's a pretty good option. Don't you agree?
0: Ryan, here's the thing. We need leadership, and we need leadership that is proactive, not reactive. We need leadership that has vision, but not only just vision, but also creates a plan. It creates a framework for the decisions that they understand the city operations. They understand city finances. You have to look at all of these kinds of things from the bottom up, not from the top down. You have to be smart with money. And we need leadership that spends money, that moves us forward forward that they focus on a positive and a strong future, not restoring something that was from the past. And I'm going to tell you right now, you're not going to raise my taxes to do all of this.
1: Well, that's the last, time Mr. To... the last time Mr. Weisgerber lost his majority is when he tried to shove a tax increase down everyone's throat because yeah. he spent all the damn money.
0: Because he spent all the damn money, which he's doing again. But this time he's got the help of Blair and Bateman and Ori and Butler and Phelps. And yeah, but here's the thing. We have to look at our infrastructure and we, we have to look at our resources and we have to start leveraging those resources. And part of those resources aren't just our infrastructure and our city resources. Ryan, we also have to start looking at building partnerships outside of our city. We've got lots and lots of things and lots of ideas. And so here's what, you know, my call to action is to anyone listening to is if you're that kind of a person, if you think like that and you're like, oh, I can do that. I have some good ideas. I have some good solutions. I think I could do this. Then you know what? Step up because mm-hmm. it is now time.
1: Because you Because the needed.
0: bottom line you are needed. And here's the thing, new leadership is the only way that we are going to get a new outcome. So if you're out there and you have that little stir in your belly, then step up to the plate. We are ready. Mm -hmm. Our city is ready and we need better leadership.
1: Well, the second option, which I'm not holding my breath for this one, is maybe one of these members of the city council will wake up one day and understand that they were elected, not their group, Not their coalition, not their pink ticket, not any of that stuff. They were individually elected. All seven of them were individually elected. Maybe one of them will take a a cue from former councilwoman Angie Sattel and say, you know what? Maybe it's not a bad idea to ask questions about boneheaded decisions. Maybe it's not a bad idea to ask, why are we buying all this land with no public input whatsoever? Why are we doing this via emergency? Why is the only development tool we have in our tool shed when our economy is hurting to just allow outdoor drinking. Maybe we'll have a council member that's going to start asking city manager Kennedy, think about other things. Loveland is more than drinking. Maybe one of these council members, maybe two of them, God forbid if three or four of them, like I said, I'm not holding my breath. Maybe somebody's going to stand up and say, you know what? It's time we were elected to represent people from Loveland. It's time to start doing that. It's interesting to me because the last few council meetings, it seems like, Councilman Butler has not been on the right side of Mayor Kathy Bailey. And I don't know what that all means. And I don't know if the light of transparency gods have hit him. And he's decided, you know what, maybe I do need to be that person. If he is, good for you. I'd rather you do it now than never do it. Again, Pam, I'm not holding my breath. I think in the end, they'll all just fall in line.
0: Well, Ryan, I wouldn't hold my breath either, because even though he gets up there and has that exchange, at the end of the day, he votes with them.
1: All right. Well, there it is. There's our call to action. And with all of that being said, the Voice of Loveland podcast for ionloveland.com is a production of Ion Community. This episode was written, engineered, and mixed, and redone and all sorts of good things by Pam Gross and Ryan Kulik. And (laughs) and the music is always by my father-in-law, Sherrod Sate. Well, I'm going to say it again and again and again. Guys, there's still coronavirus out there. I mean, live your lives. Do what you have to. I get it. I understand. We're all stir crazy. And it's nice to have a little bit of freedom. Isn't that what this country is all about? But no, it's still out there. So take care of yourself and everybody else. Yes,
0: everyone, be careful. And also be mindful of the fact that you're wearing a mask, not necessarily for you, but for the protection Mm -hmm. of others. Everyone, thanks again for listening. And please be informed, be involved, be influential.